co-host Kenny and I'm your co-host the Travis man just like the cannabis man with the second round knockout Re- really quick can can you explain to us like this whole cannabis man thing just oh so. uh, yeah he was a rapper back in the day um his most popular song was second round knockout and uh that was a discords LL Cool J another New York rapper and he was one of the more prominent rappers and cannabis got him on that track both of their careers were destroyed by this beef um, because of their reputations, and um, that's pretty much it. The both have not been really relevant since. Oh, so. okay, okay. Have there have there been like any like '90s rappers that are still relevant today? Yes, um, you know that man Nas. Uh, uh-huh. He was the goat <laughs> of hip hop. Um, in my opinion, he was the goat because of his lyrics. Um, that's un. I mean, that's unmatchable. Um, most of the pro- more prominent rappers died, actually, in the 90s, the late 90s. What about Mob Deep? Do they still? Um, actually, one of their members died uh, last uh-huh. year, Prodigy. Prodigy, right, yeah. Uh, and that up. They are not um, together anymore, obviously, mm-hmm. so. Well, in other aspects of the world, how are you doing? Good. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Me, I was listening to uh, Through the Wire, the after show. And there, I don't know. Just generally, the after show it's really, really hilarious in my in my view, because yeah, like yeah, obviously yeah, like Pierre, Derek, Pierre, like Derek says some of the dumbest stuff ever, and then like the looks and the things that Pierre does afterwards to him, it just it just gets me. And then also they were they were trashing Derek on um on his Twitter, talking about how his Twitter is just retweets and stuff, and I retweet a lot of the things he does. Um, go follow me. On Twitter at blueprint underscore hoops. Catch up on the blueprint. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, just just uh, just so you guys know, uh, we we are on iTunes and Google Play. We have the first four episodes on there, so go check it out. Uh, we we are on SoundCloud also, um, but yeah, that's that's where we are as of now. To the basketball talk now. Um, so. First off, this this week, uh, really in the NBA, wasn't that busy. Not a lot went on because obviously all of the major free agents uh, signed LeBron, Chris Paul, Paul George, um, and you know Kevin Durant, and really nothing <laughs> nothing major happened. So first of all, we had Kevin Love re-signing with the Cavs, and he signed a four-year, one hundred twenty million dollar deal. Um, how how did you feel when when Kevin Love re-signed? Um, well, he's more loyal than LeBron uh-huh. <laughs> because LeBron quit on his hometown team twice. I mean, he quit in those playoff series. Mm-hmm. But Kevin Love, he actually wants to build something there and develop the players, which mm-hmm. I respect Kevin Love for doing. But the thing uh, is that if LeBron didn't come there, Kevin Love would not be there as well. So that uh, part of the credit does go to LeBron there. But uh, Kevin Love is definitely more lo- loyal to Cleveland than LeBron is to his hometown state and mm-hmm. city. I, I don't, like, okay, this is going off to the side, but 
in my opinion, players don't owe anything to any team. Like, in, I don't think LeBron ever, do, ever owed anything to Cleveland. I don't think Durant owes anything to Oklahoma City or Washington, D.C. Just because he started off his career there, uh, Durant, and gave nine years to Oklahoma City and had a ton of success. He didn't win a title, but he got to the finals once, was up 3-1 on the Warriors, just couldn't close the deal. He he gave them he everything. Choked. Yeah, Westbrook also. Oh um, yeah, Westbrook was terrible. Yeah, but like players don't owe their teams anything. Well, in the case of LeBron, his uh, hometown team, right? That's mm-hmm. the Cleveland Cavaliers, mm-hmm. and he quit on them twice. So definitely, he should have taken responsibility as the leader, mm-hmm. as they call him, but he's not really leader. Um, I mean, you can never find a, any point in time where he was a leader. You can't. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, in 2010, uh, he, he did quit on his team. At least this time he won a title, so like, that gives him more validation. He did his duty. He won a title for uh, his hometown uh, city. So, you know. And he I, went on like a straight sucker in Game 4 yeah. in 2018. But he won the title. So he, he got one for his city, which hasn't had any sports titles in 52 years. So that, to me, I don't really... like. It was his decision to come back. I wouldn't have been mad at him if he didn't want to. Um, well, obviously, <laughs> uh, he would come back because yeah, he like he because felt... that was the best situation. He saw Kyrie uh-huh. Irving. They knew they were gonna get Kevin Love mm-hmm. when LeBron signed there. So obviously, he would come back because it's free agency. It's the yeah. modern NBA. You can go wherever you want. Um, and he felt more like a I don't know why, but he felt a moral obligation to go back to Cleveland, which. It's his right if he wants to play as a Cavalier. No, he can do no. That. If if Kyrie Irving um, he wasn't wouldn't on have gone team. back if Kyrie yeah. wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if he stayed there, they wouldn't have gotten Kyrie in the first place. And also, I have to address something that LeBron James is not loyal to as a player to uh-huh. his team. Like, yeah. Obviously, I mean, you shouldn't be in the first place. But he's like, in while he was still on the Miami Heat, he he was already thinking about going back in the playoffs Mm -hmm. so he's not fulfilling his duty to his current franchise and he didn't do that in 2010 as well when he quit on the team he was uh allegedly delante west was (laughs) doing something Um, like that that story because i remember a while back delante west tweeted something like whose daddy was better steph's or lebron's and on the left side he put delante west and on the right side he put del curry so he kind of confirmed that to be true, but that's not an excuse to like. Uh, I mean, LeBron that's can, that's a yeah. that's a allegedly right, allegedly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But basketball and life are two different things. You gotta you gotta be able to focus on the game when you're in the game. Focus on life when you're in life. When he's very emotional, and when yes. he goes through these emotional outbursts, it's very difficult for him to handle these stressful situations. Like well, Delonte it's West. not stressful if you just. If you're Kobe if you're or Michael, just, it's not. Nothing is stressful. If you're just calm and uh, collected, mm-hmm. which LeBron James is not, he's mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. I, I'm convinced he's mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there's no way. There's but no then, way. How, how else would he be so clutch? Because, <laughs> no, the thing is, one thing. That's when things go his way. That's when things uh-huh. don't go his way. He implodes. I, I'm absolutely convinced that LeBron is mentally unstable. There's no. <laughs> There's no. <laughs> so you think he, he's mentally insane? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, okay. So really, 
do you feel players like owe things to their hometown team or their home or like their former team and stuff? Like, do you think Durant owes things to Oklahoma City? No, absolutely. Yeah, he that like they gave they like they spent LeBron spent what seven seasons there. Durant spent nine seasons in OKC. No, I mean um, the thing is LeBron. That's his hometown. Team. Yeah, that's, yeah. He owed them something because he was yeah, like he, them he was title. their only hope. Yeah, <laughs> that's all Cleveland has ever had. Yeah, LeBron like, James. In the case of LeBron, um, Cleveland needed him to win a title, and that's the thing. If he didn't win in twenty sixteen, I think he probably would have stayed, because uh, like, I think he felt a moral obligation. Like I have to win one for my city. Kevin Love resigning with the Cavs. This is great for Love because he gets his $30 million per year. I don't like this move for the Cavs because they're not going to be bad enough to get, you know, a, a top five draft pick. They're not they going to be good enough. They just got a top five. Or they just got a top ten. Yeah, draft. but like after the top five, the talent level kind of just plummets. You Absolutely most, not. Yeah. Like Absolutely is Colin Sexton going to be anywhere on the level of DeAndre Ayton? Uh, ha- was Donovan, Donovan Mitchell gonna be on the level? Okay, of- that's a, that's a rare case. The Cavaliers. How is that a rare case? Because how many other players can we name? Booker, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler. Kawhi. But like those organizations, um, Chicago Bulls are not a great organization. But every other case, San Antonio, not Phoenix, uh, Utah. Those organ like they've proven well, that what, they what, can what draft well. The the Cavaliers cannot draft well outside of Kyrie Irving. Um, wait, like, what about Andrew Wiggins traded for Kevin Love? That's a good. Mm, well, that's a good draft, like value. They got Kevin Love, who was putting up twenty six and twelve. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, but like that's a trade, um, and like clearly. I if mean, you basically, wanted... they didn't draft anybody, but they had the number one pick and they mm-hmm. traded him for. But them. if they didn't, if they didn't trade uh, for for um, for Kevin Love, like if they kept Wiggins, would he really have? Would he really have been been like? Not, I don't want to say like. What do you mean? Been he's been nothing. He's yeah, been he's nothing. been nothing. So like outside of Kyrie Irving, what have the Cavaliers really done in the draft? Outside of Kyrie Irving, I don't I don't see much talent in the Cavs scouting. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's due to get Dan Gilbert, the cheap owner, and uh, how he thought JJ Hickson was gonna be <laughs> better than Amari Stoudemire. <laughs> all all around the Cavs scouts are not that good, but. Mm-hmm. They yeah. could land. I mean, Colin Sexton has potential. Obviously, mm. he's a top ten player yeah. in the draft. Yeah. So. The point is, the Cavs won't be bad enough to get a top five draft pick, where they'll get you know a really really good uh, player, but they won't be good enough to win a title either. So we'll win at least forty five games. I think mm. they'll win at least in the mid forties. Yeah. I think they'll win that much because I, I, they actually run a real system now. But, they can actually run the Tyrone. Uh, the Tyron Lue system instead of the LeBron James system. Is that a great system, though? The um, Tyron Lue system. Well, I mean, even though Tyron Lue is not, like, he's not going to control uh-huh. that ego of LeBron. Um, but, uh, I mean, not that. We're not talking about LeBron. But uh, Ty- Tyron Lue, um, he doesn't have to deal with that massive ego yeah. anymore. So he doesn't have to moderate that. So he can actually run his real system. But are the Cavs winning a title? No, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> They're not winning a title. They're not. It depends. I mean, on how Colin Sexton pans out. They're not making it out of the East either way. A great um, guard and a great big man. I mean, so that's a like, because Boston's gonna be the team to beat after this Warriors dynasty is done. 
they're going to be the team to beat in the near future. So you've got to plan accordingly and be like, okay, let's, you know, maybe six, uh, seven years from now when all of um, our young players are in their primes, uh, let's try to compete then. And I don't really know how... Well, that's <laughs> not the way it works. Signing like, Kevin Love, back uh, then, or back in the 90s or something like that, it wasn't about super teams at all, right? Yeah. It was, it's not about like beating that team. Mm -hmm. It's just about executing better. Mm -hmm. Like the way teams make up for um, less talent is execution. But the point is, they were actually very talented. The point is, the Cavs aren't winning a title in what do you want to say, three years? Because Boston's um, gonna be Boston's oh. gonna make it out the East every well, year. Well, it depends on how good they execute. I don't, I don't see them beating Boston <laughs> either way. Okay, I know. Boston, I know. Toronto, Phil, uh, Philly in the future. And actually, Boston is the master of execution. Brad Stevens mm -hmm. coaching. Yeah, that yeah. They have the execution already there. Arguably so. the best coach in the league. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Do you, do you see Toronto beating Boston? Um, I just wanna... Maybe if, you know, um, if Kawhi um, actually you know, commits Kawhi's, to that team. Uh, assuming Kawhi is... Yeah, assuming he's 100% healthy. And he actually wants to play for mm -hmm. that team. Yeah. Here's where I stand on it. I feel like the Raptors won 59 games last year and upgraded from DeMar DeRozan to Kawhi Leonard. So in my opinion, they'll be around, I'll say, 65 wins, especially in that weak Eastern Conference. I don't think Boston gets to 65 wins. I think they get somewhere close to 60. So essentially, I see the Raptors opening and closing the series against the Celtics. Uh, and and how do you see that? Because no, they're gonna have more regular season wins, I think. And w what do you mean of like? How does that impact the series? No, because uh, the Raptors will start first two games at home, and they'll have a game seven on their home floor. Uh, and uh, what if it doesn't come to that? Then if it like, how, how do you think the Toronto Raptors will execute better than the Boston Celtics? We don't know that because we don't know a lot about Nick Nurse, the head coach. Let's assume everything goes right for the Raptors. <laughs> uh, realistically, everything goes right. Um, I said I see them opening and closing the series against the Celtics. If it does get to that point, I think we'll see a Game 7. And when you have the best player uh, in the East and in the series on your home court, potentially I can see you guys winning. So I'm going to say it's 40-60 well, Boston. Well, why would you say that they had the best player when uh -huh. the uh, you know the Cavaliers had the best player last year, mm -hmm. um, or in this past season, two thousand eighteen season, mm -hmm. in LeBron James, and they were barely beating the Boston Celtics. It all come like LeBron l runs the LeBron system, and yeah, Kawhi, Kawhi can be implemented into a system and still thrive. It all comes down to coaching and how, how what Nick Nurse does, and how great of a coach he is. That will determine whether they can beat the Celtics and make it to their first ever finals, or they fall short, potentially even to Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely. Going back to Kevin Love, just for an, for an all-star... Now, we don't know what Kevin Love will be without LeBron. He could be Minnesota Kevin Love again. I um, mean, the thing is, Minnesota, he wasn't getting a lot of wins, so we don't know yeah. how many wins. Yeah. But I think they have a lot of, t I mean, not a lot of talent, but I think they have enough talent to at least win 40 um, in the mid-40s. Mm -hmm. I'll say mid-30s for my prediction for the Cavs. Essentially, based on what we've seen from Kevin Love with LeBron, now he could go back to Minnesota Kevin Love. Um, 
I don't really know if he's worth that $30 million contract per year. Um, I don't know. I just feel They're like They're giving it's... away money to everybody. So. Yeah, I feel like it might be just too much money for a Kevin Love-level player. And it's also not a tradable contract because if this doesn't work out, let's say the Cavaliers... I don't know. They're in that mediocrity trap that I stated before. I think they'll be in that 10 seed where they're not good enough to... Wait, what about Colin Sexton? What about how good he does? I don't think he'll be that great his rookie year. I mean, like, what about Mm -hmm. what he develops into? That's in the future, though. That's when Kevin Love is out of his prime, though. I mean, the thing is that Colin Sexton, he, I mean, we don't know. We don't know his Yeah, we don't know. We don't, we haven't seen him play an NBA game yet. Yeah. But we don't know what Sexton is going to be. Well, Sexton did lead his Cavs to the the Summer League Finals. but That's Summer League. It's not a tradable contract. $30 million, I don't, like, what can, what con- how can you make the salaries work out so that if you need to get rid of him in the future, you can get something back for him? I, I just don't see it. Like, do you see I don't think they'll trade him. You don't think that, you think he, uh, he's going to stay yeah. the whole four years? Yeah. Based on the contract, I would agree with that, but I just I just don't know about this move. It could be great for the Cavaliers. It could also be not great for the Cavaliers. We just have to see how it plays out. Um, second up, we have D-Wade, and we're just going to really quickly touch on this. D-Wade, if you didn't know, was given an offer uh, to play in China by the Zhejiang Golden Bulls. Yeah. It's a three-year, $25 million deal. What do you think? It's going, it's going to be, uh, if he does agree to it, it would be one of the biggest contracts in overseas basketball history. What do you feel? Well, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I think that he will accept this offer because, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he he's, he's going to take the money. I mean, uh-huh. the Miami Heat don't have that much money to offer. Yeah. He doesn't really owe them that much anymore. He's their greatest player of all time. Uh, in their franchise history, yeah. so I don't think that he owes them anything. Um, he's 36 years old, uh, going to be um, in this January, so um, I don't think that he'll turn down turn down that much money, 25 million, to play, you know, overseas. Mm-hmm. I think that's. So you said the Heat can't offer that much money, right? Yeah. Yeah. So since you said, like initially. If you exclude the money, I would say it's not a very good move for uh, D. Wade because he won't know the language. (laughs) And his kid, he has a kid, Zaire Wade, who's projected to play basketball, D1, potentially go to the NBA. Uh, If he's looking at things from, you know, I want to do what's best for my family, does his family really want to live in China? Does he want his kids to develop under, you know, the Chinese basketball coaching? Like, D-Wade has to take all of those things into perspective. And I'll just say this really quickly. He should have never left the Heat because there's just something... Like, he's the greatest Heat player of all time. He should he should have stayed in that Heat uniform. I don't know. I just felt like it was a, it was a poor move to come to the Bulls. Um, yeah. He's just gotten a $25 million contract. Uh-huh. Which is a lot of money, and I don't think he'll turn that down. Yeah, and he's 36. At this point, because this will most likely be his last big contract money. I mean, I don't I don't want him to take yeah, that. Yeah. I don't, like, I want him to, like... Stay in Miami. Stay in Miami and um, play out the rest of his career, but 
I can't tell him what to do, mm-hmm. obviously. So, I think he'll take the money. Yeah, this is most likely going to be his last contract. I think at this point, you got to take the money. <laughs> you got to take it and run with it. Um, Clint Capella, and he re-signed with the Rockets on a five-year, ninety million dollar deal. Uh, when you saw Capella re-signed, what was your what was your thought? What were your thoughts? Well, that's really good that they got him back because they lost Trevor Ariza and they lost Mba Mute, their two best wing defenders. Or actually, P.J. Tucker's still there, but you don't want him as your starting small forward. <laughs> and um, anyway, um, if if they lost uh, Clint Capella, they were going to have no defense. Mm-hmm. Harden and um, Melo... <laughs> On that uh, on that team, that there's no way there's no. Paul's way. getting up there in age. Yeah, and he's you know all that all those miles on his legs, and um, all those injuries on his legs. Um, I don't think that he's gonna be as effective defensively anymore, especially when he's a six foot point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that this is a very good move because it. Um, kept the Rockets' defense really good. And, I mean, not really good, but it kept them above average. Respectable. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I agree, except I feel like it's a good move for both sides because in terms of Capella, he gets a long-term deal where he can stay in one place. Um, and the, the thing is, that deal, uh, I think he's maybe 23 mm-hmm. or 24, yeah. so... By right. the end of this deal, he's going to be in his prime, so mm-hmm. he can seek out the big money. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really get that big money in this contract, but mm-hmm. he's going to be in his prime by the end. So yeah. it was a good deal for both sides. Yeah, and in terms of Houston's perspective, they retained a very valuable piece. Like we saw this season when Harden, Capella, and Chris Paul were all healthy and on the court. I think they were 36-1 and one or something. They had only one loss on the season. Which was to the Pelicans. Yeah, with Boogie and AD. Um, but yeah, the Rockets kept a very valuable piece. Um, you know, he can stay catching lobs. He can keep that Harden-Capella pick-and-roll unguardable. And just a great move for both sides. I see, I see a fit here. Okay. The only thing is, if Capella is, for some reason, unhappy that the Rockets didn't offer him for this long and he had to come to a compromised agreement where he because he wanted four years 100 million dollars he's getting five years 90 million dollars so that's what a seven million dollar annual salary decrease if he's you know angry over those seven million dollars maybe he will come out and just not give as much effort and I still don't think in that case he'll be a liability to the Rockets though well let's move on to this so-called Kevin Durant, C.J. McCollum beef. So if you didn't know... So-called, Yes, yeah, so-called. Uh, if you didn't know, C.J. McCollum has a podcast, the Pull Up Basketball Podcast, and for two episodes, he invited Kevin Durant onto the show, and uh, he talked, Durant uh, and McCollum talked uh, about KD's move to join the Warriors, and afterwards, McCollum took to Twitter, and he called Durant's move soft, and uh, he said that Durant understood that it was soft, and he called Durant a snake in the grass and stuff. Um, and then Durant responded with like, "Yo, I I, ju- I just did your podcast, and then now you're going behind the behind the keyboard. You're taking the Twitter, and you've got the Twitter fingers all of a sudden, and now you're typing at me about how my move was weak, 
when you should have just told me in person and we could have figured things out on the podcast. Um, but uh, so that's what happened. What do you feel? <laughs> What's your reaction to all this? Don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is it's Twitter. Yeah, this is not a big deal at all. I don't even understand. Like, the media just blew this completely out of proportion because if you listen to the podcast, at the it's at the end of the episode. Like, there was a lot of laughter and stuff in between. It was playful trash talk. <laughs> like, Kevin was like, you, you know you guys don't have a chance at winning the championship this year. And then CJ was like, yeah, but you know anything can happen, and I don't. I don't really understand why the media had to had to just completely blow this out of proportion. It was just playful trash talk. Um, Skip Bayless on Twitter, <laughs> he actually called CJ uh, soft. Um, or this is his exact words: mm-hmm. If you're gonna call KD soft for joining the Warriors, do it to his face during your podcast, not from a distance on Twitter. Now that was a soft move. The funny thing is that Skip Bayless called um <laughs> cj's move soft, soft on twitter uh-huh. so um yeah that invite that him to your good. show and call him soft <laughs> like you tried to do with tio yeah so um i don't think this is a big deal at all i mean if yeah. he actually listened to the podcast then he would he would know <laughs> yeah him. yeah he would know like how'd this even start i don't even know how this started uh, the last, the last part of this before uh, we end, the, we wrap up the show here. Uh, there was a report that came out from Yahoo's Chris Mannix that Kevin Durant will reportedly strongly consider going to Oklahoma City uh, next year, going back to the Thunder. Bull jump. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> this is like, where did this come from? Like Durant and Westbrook, that relationship is broken. Um, now Chris Mannix did Obviously, say, Katie, Katie doesn't want to play Westbrook. Yeah, no one yeah. does. Like, uh, Chris Mannix did say that Kevin Durant and Westbrook were apparently starting to mend their relationship, um, but okay. there are a lot of, like, Chris Mannix, there's a, there's a circle of NBA Twitter that you can trust, like, Woj, um, Shams, Shariana, um, uh, there's another one, Chris Haynes, I think, like, there are a few people, Chris Mannix is not in that list, so we really can't take you know everything he says and Chris Mannix does work for Yahoo Sports yeah he does but he's not in that top top tier of like they say it it's probably facts kind of that that level no it's not that it's just that that doesn't even make any sense why would he go back to OKC yeah he doesn't owe them anything yeah that's not his hometown um, like it was with LeBron yeah and um, obviously he doesn't want to play with Russ because Russ took away from him Russ ran the Westbrook mm-hmm. system, Westbrook system, and um, KD, he actually knows what it means to play basketball on the Warriors, <laughs> I mean, play basketball with the team basketball IQ, yeah. so I don't think that he's going to go back, that doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, I don't I don't see it, uh, I don't see it either. I was watching a team U. I was watching uh, from Ball is Life. <laughs> there was a there was a video about the Team USA minicamp, and it was Kyrie Irving, uh, who, by the way, Kyrie Irving, he got this weird new haircut where he has kind of an afro now and a beard. He looks like the real Uncle Drew now, and I don't like it at all. Um, oh, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? You should. It's it's weird. And then he's laughing with Harden and stuff. <laughs> it looks really really weird. Um, oh. But that's besides the point. Uh, yeah, and Kyrie was putting Oladipo, Durant, and Westbrook through all these, you know, pick-and-roll drills and, like, stuff off-the-dribble uh, workouts. 
And Durant was first in line and Westbrook was second in line and they weren't really, really talking much. Um, oh, that's yeah. obviously I, me. I see it now. I see yeah, it. you see you see it? It looks so weird, the haircut. Yeah. It looks so he looks like an old AAU coach now. Um but anyway, yeah, there wasn't a lot of communication between uh Westbrook and Durant uh during that time, but <laughs> it's the USAB mini camp, so who really uh who really cares uh that much to look into things. Um any last thoughts before we wrap up the show? What's your top five rappers of all time? <laughs> I don't I don't listen to music. Oh, by the way, your playlist is absolutely fire. Oh, uh, thank like, you. Like, there are so many songs, like, it is just absolutely fire. Like, Still Dre, um, what's Still the... Still you know? Oh, Still Diary. Yeah. Uh, what's the one where Snoop Dogg goes, like, la-da-da-da-da? Uh, the next episode? Yeah, the next episode. Um, there's another Snoop Dogg one. Uh, I don't, I don't look at, like, the title of the song, uh, when I'm, uh, playing it with my headphones, but... <laughs> Your playlist is fire, man. I gotta congratulate it. Uh, it has Shook Ones, Part 2. That beat is amazing. In my opinion, the greatest 90s rap song of all time. Um, well, I don't I don't judge because there's uh-huh. there's at least 50 rap songs that can be the greatest of all time. There's... I, I, don't, I don't really judge, like, top lists. You gotta tell me some of them so I can... So I can listen to them. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, you gotta tell me. Um, what other ones? Ice Cube's the, it was a good day today or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you actually, like, I texted you. You said that he was talking about MJ when he says freaking brothers every way like MJ. Uh, you said he was talking about Magic Johnson. I, yes. <laughs> I was surprised, because, like, when you say MJ, like, in that context especially, I don't, I've never really heard of anybody who, when they're playing basketball in the park, or just basketball in general, wanted to be like Magic Johnson. It's always but Michael the thing Jordan. Is Ice Cube was from Compton. Mm-hmm. He's from LA, so obviously. Yeah. And he he was in that time. Yeah. With yeah. Magic Johnson, so. Yeah. Magic's his favorite player of all time, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then the Lakers beat the SuperSonics. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, Ice Cube. Ice Cube was great. What other like good Ice Cube songs are there? I feel like I'm missing some. Um, you need to listen to when he was on NWA, man. He was, okay. um, he was popping on nw uh-huh. so um gangster gangster that was definitely good straight out of compton um and um uh you know how we do it mm-hmm. that's when he was in his solo career um no vaseline one of the greatest diss songs of all time i heard Easily. that that's good the vaseline one yeah um so uh yeah um there's a lot of People. Like there's Nas, the, there's Nas, the explosive one. Explosive? Yeah. Yeah. That's by, uh, by Dr. Something. Dre. Oh, Dr. Dre. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a Nas, Rakim, Tupac. That's the that's my top three rappers. Uh-huh. I don't like to judge, but anyway, um, I haven't Big heard L. a lot of Tupac. Uh, uh well, you'll you like him. Okay. But Big L, Eminem, um, uh, they're up there. Cool G rap. Mm-hmm. Um. They're up there as well. Uh, Jay-Z, Biggie, Kendrick Lamar. Um, the Doc is really underrated. He actually um, almost died in a car crash, but and he lost his voice completely, so he can't rap anymore. So that's sad, but he got to release his, one mm-hmm. of the best albums of all time. No one can do it better, because mm-hmm. no one could. 
yeah. but anyway. 90s rap trumps today's mumble rap. Yeah. Like, there's a, <laughs> there's a video of Snoop Dogg uh, imitating uh, the Migos or Future or someone. And like he was ma- he was making it playful, but it was one hundred percent true and accurate, and it actually sounded like one of Migos's verses or whatever, <laughs> um, where like the lyrics don't matter much. Yeah, it's like hip hop. Yeah. Old hip hop versus new, uh-huh. part one, part one. So. Part one. By hip hop universe. Yeah. So. Do you think? Uh, I have a feeling I know your answer, but do you think like the '90s beats are? <laughs> Uh, better than the modern beats way better because the lyrics the lyrics match up uh with the beats way better like if you put uh, i mean if you put like the 90s lyrics on today's beats they wouldn't (laughs) match up at all everything is i don't know there's just not as much flow like today it's like it doesn't flow well you know yeah yeah i don't don't like it there's no creativity yeah But I guess that wraps up the after show, uh-huh. as you could call it. <laughs> Shout out to Do The Wire uh-huh. after show. Um, and I guess that wraps it up. Yep. Uh, share this with uh, people you may know, friends, family, whatever. Uh, like I said, we are on iTunes and uh, what else? Google Play Music. So go check SoundCloud. us out there. Yeah, SoundCloud also. Uh, subscribe, listen, all of there. If you're listening, um, we'll actually put out uh, uh, an announcement on YouTube that we're not uploading there anymore, <laughs> and we'll put links in the description and stuff to go look at us on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. So go go check us out there. Stay tuned. G- Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.